Blog Talk Radio. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said, let's be the church. This is Sunday morning in the Word where we are delighted to study God's Word in truth. And I just believe that as we continue to press toward knowing what the Scripture has to say to us, we can we can really have a a blessed assurance, amen. And so we're going to talk about that blessed assurance in our continual study on higher learning concerning the harvest, part three. <laughs> and you can subtitle this one, his his intel his in game strategy for the harvest, his in game strategy for the harvest. And we're going to talk about hope, hope. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you for this day. Knowing that this is the day that you have made, we rejoice and are glad. We thank you for the opportunity to study your word once again. And so we lean on the pen on the Holy Spirit, who is the educator and guide that gives us uh, speech and confidence in our speaking, that we might make boldly known what you have given us. And, Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that is anointing people to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church and giving them ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And, Father, we thank you for uh, the things that shall be accomplished and the things that shall be revealed for it is in Jesus' name that we pray and give you glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. You know, the scripture has a lot to say about hope. One of, the, one of my favorite ones is hope deferred makes the heart sick. And hope has... Uh, many different connotations, but in 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 context, whenever you look at the word hope, it is a prophetic term. And I know in 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 Western thinking, and in in, in most um, depictions of hope, we 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 tend we tend to lean on it being wishful thinking or uh, aspiration. Something to look forward to, but we don't look forward to uh, uh, anything outside of God. When it comes to uh, faith, biblical hope is an assurance on things that we know because we have certain things at work, and that's what we want to talk to. So I want to give a want to start off by giving. Um, not only a review, but giving a, a just a straight um, definition of hope. Because if we're going to talk about hope, the end time, um, in end game strategy for the harvest, we're going to have to look at at uh, what what this hope thing is all about. Matthew nine thirty five through thirty eight has been our. Um, launching pad, if you will. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he went into the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And it's amazing what he's doing. He's preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He's healing every sickness and every disease among his people. And those those two things alone uh, are are what draws the multitudes. But then he was moved with compassion. He focused on his mission because they fainted and were scattered abroad as a sheep having no shepherd. Then he says to his disciples, the harvest is truly plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore that the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into the harvest. So harvest is that is that learning that God gives to his ministers. Harvest harvest thinking, the harvest concept is so that the ministers will be conscientious of of something that the Jewish nation was very very well accustomed to. They were an agricultural society. He could use those depictions to bring out truth. And relevance. Do you hear what I'm saying? 
And so when he when he talked about the harvest, he understood they did not have ministry school. Matter of fact, they only had a couple of years to really get the message. So in order to go on this journey with him, they would have to be conscientious of the harvest that God was talking about. The work of God is to believe on the one in whom he sent. And so in order to to have confidence in what Jesus was going to do, it was going to be as a result of of they, they're being awakened to God's perspective on harvest. And so what I'm telling you to have hope in as ministers is that God's end game strategy for the harvest will work. It will work. This is what we put our hope in. Okay, and so hope, biblical hope, is an assured confidence in a legitimate plan. It's an assured confidence in a legitimate plan. It is a deep virtue developed from two authentic forces. Number one, the acknowledgement of the power of prophetic fulfillment, and then the affirming force that reminds us of the revelations behind this plan. Now, revelation and prophetic fulfillment are two different things. Prophetic fulfillment is proof that what was spoken in times past has come to pass. And so you can't, and a lot of reasons why people struggle with the prophetic is because there's a judgment clause in the prophetic. One, that one person is not heard until what they are, what something that is said comes to pass. Now, it's interesting, like I say, uh, that a lot of people um, don't really grasp this concept of prophecy because, because in the scripture you could not be known for being a prophetic person unless you had three things, national recognition, Noteworthy writing. Anybody, I mean, even Isaiah, who was a stammering guy or demonstrative figure, meaning that he was perceived to be crazy, and people around him were writing his uh, his riddles and rhymes, and came up with sixty six books. You know, he was just demonstrative. He was weird, just utterly weird. But it was a noteworthy writing because it was timed, it was accurate. And um, what I did uh, for resurrection and in the theology of triumph was to to affirm us on what exactly Jesus fulfilled and give, gave a chapter and verses that could be aligned with prophecy. Because our hope is based on there being power behind what has been fulfilled. It's the end game strategy. Um, during the time of this teaching, one of the most, uh, uh, if you will, common uh, During the time of this teaching, one of the most common movies and themes is Avengers. And, of course, the, the, the last to their sequel is the Endgame Strategy. And what what is done in the movie is uh, there's cycles of time that are repeated. And what they do is they go back in time to fix time, and it's really it's it's really um, uh, a a good part in that strategy. <clears throat> a, a good part of the strategy of, of of what created the end game was to restore power in time, and and um, the conclusion in the end game strategy 
was that people had got it wrong about time, how time works and so it gives some valuable lessons on time. But we as the body of Christ also have to value our time. <clears throat> and Lord knows oh that wasn't in my um notes, but it's definitely pivotal to understanding this virtue of faith. And that is if you're going to have faith in God, you're gonna to have to be respecter of time. And 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 you can't and if you're definitely gonna be acknowledging prophecy and affirming revelation, you're gonna to need to know the power of timing. And so God works and and God works in the harvest. This is this is what um this is what's loaded in, in this verse. When Jesus tells his disciples after being on 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 a strict regimen to fulfill God's plan, Jesus does not tell them to just get any old body. As a matter of fact, he doesn't tell them, prepare yourself for the harvest. But he says, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers. And that was what, what kind of stuck out to me in this in this third part, when reflecting back on it, <clears throat> I I noticed that he did not he didn't indicate the the twelve being made fit for the harvest because in actuality they were not contributors to the harvest in which he was talking about. And that was because of how set Jesus, how acute Jesus was aware to the prophetic fulfillment that was coming forth with the plan which God had entrusted him to achieve. He goes into this dialogue with the disciples, but it's as if, because remember, they following him. It's as if this 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 prayer is going to fall past their lifetime. That's the nature in which God Christ was speaking to acknowledge and affirm the power of prophetic fulfillment and the revelation behind God's plan. You got to know this body of Christ and believers that when we get into this harvest talking, we are not um, we are not in a religious in a religious sense just building up a case for giving. Uh, I'll never forget, and I'll, I'll put this in here because I'm confident in her teaching. One of the greatest teachers in the body of Christ that still lives today um, is the second generation of T.L. Osborne, his daughter, Bishop LaDonna Osborne. I, I don't know her last uh, name. I know she's married, but I know she kept her last name to be in the... Uh, family of God, rather, or to keep it within her family because she's the last living heir. But she's a powerful bishop and she's a powerful teacher. And one of the teachings that she taught on is uh, redemption. Understanding redemption is one of the greatest teachings that you could ever learn in the body of Christ. And that's really having faith in God's plan. God has a plan. What is his plan? 
how does this plan work? And and what we're saying is in the scripture of Matthew and Matthew nine and Matthew thirteen, they both they both give you insights on God's plan and how God functions. Of course the harvest is a depiction of God's creation where humanity is actively engaged in getting out the most out of life. And and life's plan is God's plan. Harvest is the plan of God for the people of God guaranteeing the blessing of God in the advancement of his kingdom. Now, in order to advance, you have to have a sense of his plan, and you have to know that his plan works. And so this this teaching has been loaded with first, you know, what it teaches in Psalm sixty seven and eighty and Genesis eight twenty two, where the earth yields its increase and God even God shall bless us. What does that mean? God actively engages into the discovery of us finding out life's plan. Jesus, John, John, John the Beloved says, in him was the life, and the life was the light of men. So, locked in the Lord Jesus. See, here's where we go back. Go back to Matthew. Matthew. Jesus went into these cities teaching in their synagogues, one. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Two, healing every sickness. The, the, if you're going to embrace the ministry of Jesus, and this is the apostolic ministry, there's three things that must happen. You must be a teacher. And you don't teach anywhere. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Oh, Jesus. Because part of the apostolic ones are eyewitnesses of the Lord Jesus or those who have the revelation of the Lord Jesus that carry a part of his ministry. You know, and so this is something that I know because I carry a part of his ministry. So there's three things. There's, there's, and there's, the second one is the, the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom, not the teaching. He taught in the synagogues. Now, the problem is we don't have enough preachers that are adequately equipped to teach. And that's what's destroying the church and the synagogues is the world's church, the church that has not been introduced to Christ being in them. And the only thing that you could, the only way that you could, the only way that you could minister or teach effectively in the synagogue is you got to know more than the rabbi. Oh, Lord. Many of us don't know Old Testament. If you can't preach Christ from the Old Testament lens of thinking, I mean, I'm just I'm just using that verse as a model to to speak to ministers today, because we got a lot of frauds in the pulpit in the faith that's that's destroying the flock, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. The power is the hope that we have that fulfills prophecy. And reveals God's plan. And if you ever want to look at what Jesus was set on, he was he said, This is the work of God to believe on the one that he sent. And what was he sent to do? Teach in the synagogue, preach the gospel of the kingdom, and heal every sickness and disease. Do you get what I'm saying? So the, the three aspects of, of ministry is, is education, is proclamation or revelation. You get what I'm saying? Revelation is another form of education. Education and revelation are two different things. And then there's demonstration. And that's the areas that we're really learning to preach in. I, I, I'm, anyway. Hallelujah. Come on, thank God for that insight. Those of you who have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, raise your hands and receive the ministry of the Lord Jesus right now. Those of you who are called to the ministry of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
I come in agreement with you right now that you will get the insight behind having education, revelation, and demonstration in the ministry which Jesus held within his mortal body. I pray that it becomes alive in your body. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And so this is this is this is what moved him with compassion. What moved him with compassion? I told you, compassion is like compression. It's a passionate compress. You, it's like uh, have y'all ever uh, seen compassion? Is is be is to be so impassionate, and I know we you know because of our weak language we don't really insert feelings with our descriptions as much as as they did in that culture and context of the scripture. Um, but it is it is that it's that passion. It's like a steam. Um, uh, oh Lord, help me. Um, uh, okay, I'm going to use the example um, Which my grandmother She's going to hit me upside the head for not knowing A pressure cooker Thank you, Lord Jesus I noticed my grandmother um, Made when she cooks greens Collard greens, some of the best greens in the world They cook it a little different A steam pressure, you know, it's a steam It heats, but it, it Consolidates air And the pressure it's a, a it's a device that pressure the steams and then the steam in there uh, creates the steam that when it, and it and it starts swirling. Oh, it's, it's a powerful thing, but it comes out with some good uh, some good collard greens. <laughs> but anyway, uh, a pressure cooker. That's that's what's happening because he has he is loaded with the ministry of education, revelation, and demonstration. He is he's looking at. This 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 groups and the multitudes because he's been through cities and 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 have revealed himself in those three lights or those three lights for life, for living another level of life he he lives that way he and he looks and he says God I can't do this on my own your plan is so much bigger. And I can't look to man to try to fulfill your plan. Pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth, will separate men by his spirit to serve the oncoming generation. For the harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. The laborers are those who have been released by the Lord. The Lord of the harvest is is uh is a see lordship is a is a an acknowledgement of submission sacrifice and 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 a substantial reverence toward the things of God. You know what I'm saying? This is a minister's class. Ambition obliterate uh, ob- obliterates the anointing. Because if your motive is not right before God, and that's why we talked about heart for the harvest, you got to have the right heart. But you also got to have the right hope. You got to know that God's plan that has been revealed and has been proven from prophecy is going to take full effect to give you an end game strategy. That's what I'm proving today. And we said that teaching teaching harvest was a great way of Jesus connecting the dots with why which which kept the the, the disciples uh, working with him because there was a misnomer to um, their work and that was the effect of their work. And the, of course, ultimately, the effect of their work will reach to the Gentiles, which will go out of Judaism, out of the Jewish culture, into into a globalization of faith. 
these things. There's not, you know, and, and I know that we use faith in about five or six connotations. But in this in this context, I'm talking about as far as the acknowledgement of our God being God. This is talking about a, a humanity faith as a whole, God, accepting God, the creator of heaven and earth, willing to unload and his 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 best for our lives. So uh, I I said it like this in the first lesson, that it's an eternal perspective revealing God's intentions to lavish our lives with abundant provision, and it's an educational, prophetic overview of the redemption and history of Israel as a chosen people. You hear what I'm saying? So so those are so those are great um, aspects. Now let's go back. From the last lesson, and I have three simple points t- today in, in in this. And our first point is we have to awaken hope through faith in its claims. Hope, the end game strategy, is awakening hope through faith in its claims. Now, what now? What do I mean by that? One, you have to develop hearing. Uh, hearing for truth around the power of his claims. Now, one of the things I was I was leading into a few minutes ago was that Jesus uh, came with some claims. The, the The claims were the claims of his covenant. Now he possessed within him a new covenant, but in order for the new covenant to to come forth there would have to be the fulfillment of the Old Covenant. And the Old Covenant was the restoration of the authority of the namesake. One of the things that Israel lost was their name. When the Gospels was written at the time of the Roman Empire, was that it, even even the, the culture Although Rome, the Roman soldiers kept cultures, a Roman Empire kept cultures distinctively separate through segregation and classism, racism, egotism, sexism, all of those forms of isms and schisms. Israel, although they were a prideful people, had no identity. I think when we read the old te- the New Testament or the time where Jesus was walking on the earth, we we kind of lose sight that these people are still oppressed. They're still in captivity. That the nation of Israel did not rise back to a to the place of prominence and power authentically in the scriptures. At no point, they never regained uh, the the strength that they had. Of their forefathers Come on This is why we, we We Gentiles who have received Faith in our hearts Can teach in the synagogue They have no proof to their claims They have no faith to their claims Faith without works Is dead Faith without proof is fake We have proof Because we have claims that cannot be met out. We have claims in the source of his resurrection, in the, in the source of his teaching of the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, in the spirit of God that connects with the man or humanity so that, so that we can live the life that Christ has died for us to live. And you know, one of the greatest Examples of the of the education and revelation and demonstration that we're preaching is Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is the mystery that was hidden from all ages. I don't know what you're preaching today. These 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 health these uh these these wealth um. If you will 
is indicating that we're not hearing things correctly. And that's why I can look at the same scripture and give you six lessons that 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 just unfold and unlocks revelation after revelation. You hear what I'm saying? So you have to hear hear uh, advance the hearing to truth around awakenings around the power of his claim. And then two, you have to have a higher regard for God's God's plan. You have to have a higher regard for God's plan. Leviticus 26 verse 3 says, If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, then I will give you rain in due season, and the land and the land shall yield her increase, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. You, do you realize in Leviticus also 25 verse 18 through 19, it says, Wherefore, if you do my statutes, Keep my judgments and do them. I said this in lesson one. Ye shall dwell in the land of safety, and the land shall yield her fruit, and ye and ye shall eat your fill and dwell therein in safety. Let me let me give you another insight on on harvest. You can't do nothing. There's nothing you can do to attain the harvest that God has for you. I said, there's nothing you can do. You got to have faith in his claim. And that's why I said you got to increase your hearing to truth and then have a high regard to his plan so that you can have righteousness as a resolve for faith. I, I looked at my notes, my, my script notes on part one. Whenever you're doing a series, preachers, you got to make certain that you go back to what God originally gave you. And there's one, there's, one, there's one point that I never taught in the lessons previous that I'm teaching now and bringing a whole lesson around that concept. And that's this statement. The concept of harvest teaches us out of the revelation on holy living. Now we talk about living, but holy means there's a separation through sanctification that has taken place. Out of the devotion to God, we've isolated some key components that make things work. See, harvest is about fulfilling God's agenda. And last last time, I made a point that that the harvest cannot be achieved without you having the right motive or having the right heart. And how does I say that you have to have the right heart? You have to be consistent. You have to be consistent in good works. You have to be consistent. Everything was consistent. Consistent growth. Right, and what was the third one? I don't know. Get the last lesson and you'll get it. I think it was consistent. <laughs> Praise the Lord, consistent in good words. And then I talked about giving y'all co- co- uh, convictions, characteristics, clarifications, commitments of the heart, and you have to be committed to serve as the example, submit through obedience of the heart and sacrifice for the greater good. And one of the insights that I talked about in 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 wisdom for the heart was be careful not to create your own kingdom. A counterfeit kingdom. When consecrating yourself and concentrating on the harvest, that was the lesson of Samuel, the kingmaker, the era of Israel. They created a counterfeit kingdom. Wanting to mimic after the Jew or the Egyptians with an emperor, they came up with a king. God never blessed that concept. He never blessed that concept. And then the second virtue that takes place is uh, 
is being conscientious of God's timing. Remember I talked about God's timing. In the beginning, you hope hope reveals that prophecy fulfills itself and revelation has God's plan. It tells you the power behind time. The power behind time is that there are things that are marked for you to achieve. Amen. And then and then we talked about being committed uh, to a consecration in which abides in his love. And those those were those were given last week. I gave a special note and I want to go there. The only reference to uh, the only reference to seed sowing in scripture was found in Second Corinthians chapter nine. Let's go there. Because that goes into my ex, uh, second point in this lesson, which is acknowledging the authentic source of sowing and reaping. And now I know we, we, we've made this. I'm going to do a whole other teaching next week. Um, a whole other series to this. And open up another can of worms. <laughs> Hallelujah! But I'm gonna I'm gonna do it by the grace of God. Praise the Lord. Let's go to Second Corinthians chapter nine. Um, but um, but one of the things that we have gotten wrong in the body of Christ is sowing and reaping. The connotation of seed is never referred to money in Scripture. The Bible tells you quite clearly in Matthew 13 that the seed is the word of God. And then the scripture gives connotation that the seed of the righteous are delivered. In other words, they're offspring. So it's either God's source, God's word, or God's children. Do you hear what I'm saying? Which are containers of his word. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you can ask whatever you will will be given to you. So we, we, when we're sowing and reaping is the word we preserve in our lives, in our hearts. And that's why Matthew 13 is the, the parable of the soil. He says you can't understand any parable unless you understand this parable. Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is about motive, how the, the conditioning on the soil with the seed, the word, does the word have the ability to grow in the ground of your heart? Is your, if, it's, if it's by thorns, it, it, is, it is pricked upon. If it is, it, if it is uh, by, uh, you know, the variations of the soil. Let's, let's go there right quick. I, you know, I wasn't trying to teach on that, but acknowledging authentic source of sowing and reaping is, is, is really preserving the integrity of the word of God making certain that it goes from generation to generation. That's the end-time strategy. The reason why we have generosity and we give is because we want to preserve the end game. We want to reserve the, the end game, which is the next generation receiving what God has given us, which was faith in our hearts. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, it is our ability to acknowledge God's word as supreme in our lives. And of course, the, the listen, verse 1 reveals what the, the authentic purpose of, of sowing and reaping is. As for as touching the ministering to the saints, it is superficial, superfluous, for me to write you, forwardness of mine, which I boast of you, them of Macedonia and Archania, which was ready a year ago, and zeal had provoked many. Provoked many. I sent sent my brother Lisa boasting you should be in vain. This behalf, this I said that you might that you may be ready. Of course, you know he's talking about about. In verse 6, I, he that soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly, but he which soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. Every man according as he hath purpose where? 
in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or out of necessity. For God loveth the what? A cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye always having all sufficiency. And all things may abound unto what? Every good work. This is the words of him. To believe on the one that he sent. This, this is talking about preserving the word of God. Seeing that the word of God goes forth unhindered. This is not about you gaining personal goods for your preserving. When, when you are connected to the harvest, the harvest, the land will yield its increase when God is God in your life. The highest form of harvesting or authentic sowing and reaping is is first a a a a sacrificial form of worship. It's a sign of covenant commitment, and it's a seal of approval on God's plan in your heart. A seal of approval of God's plan on your part. Do you hear what I'm saying? Now listen. Verse 10. He that serves seed to the sower both serves bread for your food. And multiply your seed soul and increase the fruits of your what? Your righteousness. Now, how do y'all get that? How do y'all get money with that? I'm gonna get into it. I'm gonna get into this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this this religious plug on here that we have because we got some creative theologians. And 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 instead of being honest, there's nothing wrong. Everybody should be a sacrificial giver. Everybody should be a systematic giver. Everybody should be able to give special as on special occasions. As each man has purpose in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly or under compulsion. God loveth the cheerful giver. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Why? Because you're committed to His plan. You have you you sacrifice before the Lord as a form of worship in spirit and in truth. You ain't lying. You ain't lying. You ain't creating scriptures to make it out to say stuff that is not saying. <coughs> the seed is the word of God. The only other connotation of seed outside of it being God's word. Is God's people, and and if that's not accepted as truth, you will never experience what God has planned through the blessing on your life because you're not you don't have a you don't have a heart, and you definitely don't have the end game strategy. God is not about fulfilling wish lists. That's not His agenda. He says, listen, he says, aren't you more valuable than the birds? If the birds in the field are not concerned about these things, why are you? Don't you know your heavenly father know you have need of it? <laughs> My God supplies your need according to his riches and glory by Christ. Right? I don't know how we manipulate this. We got to have integrity. And Second Corinthians chapter nine is the only connotation where you can cry, uh, you can attempt to sway. But it says, being enriched everything to all bountifulness, which causes through the thanksgiving to God. This is worship for the administration of this service not only supplies the want of the saints, but the abundance also. By many things given to God While these by experiment of the ministration They glorify God 
for your professed subjugation unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution. Your what? Your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men and by their prayer for you, which long after you for the for the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be unto God for this unspeakable gift. So this is this this seed sowing here is all about getting serving the saints. Do y'all get my point? This is not about a wealth plan for personal desires and wants. This is about serving the saints, preserving the word of God so that the gospel of Christ can be distributed to everybody. And I'm glad that the teacher's mantle is on me today because I don't care how many times people make seed out to be money. You can't throw seed into somebody else's ground and expect it to come back to you. Good measure, press down, say you get running over with your men pouring through your bosom. You got to know you got to know how to interpret the scripture properly. We're going to do that in the honor code. We're going to go into a discussion about honor, but but part of it is knowing the end game strategy is acknowledging the authentic source of sowing and reaping. It's awakening hope through faith in his claims. And the reason why you're not seeing the effect of God's promises take place, because you don't got faith in his claims. You got faith in your claims. And your and your lottery system of, of your lady luck, uh, throwing money here and throwing money there and expecting God to work for you because you say, I'm giving to the church. I'm giving to, I'm sowing my seed, putting my name on this and putting my name on that. You don't put your name on everything. Where's the integrity in the body of Christ? I got a little time to teach it. I have a little time to teach it. Where's the integrity? What does that have to do with worship? What are you doing? Stop lying to yourself. And we got so much games going on in the church. Sowing seeds. We're going to sow a seed. What does that mean? Are you talking about the next generation or are you talking about how you're going to see God's word work in your life? Because <clears throat> God don't need money. You do. <clears throat> ah, do y'all hear what I'm saying? So there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lapse in communication in this area, and the reason why this is because your motive is not right. And this is what I've been talking about all along. You don't have a prophetic overview and, overview and you don't have an eternal perspective concerning God's plan for living. You will never get God's abundance. Where's the integrity in the body of Christ? And you're lying to yourself, investing your money in the dead works and expecting God who honors the works of men that glorify him, that glorify him to take place in your life because you throw some money in some institution that you don't even know what's going on. You don't know. You don't know. And people are not destroyed because of a lack of spirit. They're destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. And, and the generation is destroyed because you're, per, you're perverting them by replicating that same stupid ignorance. Not creating a plan for how to use the resources which God has given you in integrity. And you're expecting God to bless a mess and he doesn't. And got a nerve to, to talk about, I'm going to name my seed this, I'm going to name my seed that. The seed is the word of God. You don't name no seed. You don't name no sunny Sunday to sow seed. That's not harvesting. And then you got the nerve to, to go and use the, and manipulate the scriptures as if, as if the scriptures are going to line up with what you're saying. 
to God's people. It's deception. And there's nowhere in the scripture that talks about the concept of today's ideologies and, and just, just outright confusion on what it means to sow seed. And, and the harvest that we're talking about here in the body of Christ has nothing to do about God's plan. We're talking about, I'm reaping the promise God, I'm reaping the harvest God promised me. Take back what the devil stole from me, and I rejoice that I shall recover it all. That ain't even scripture. That's three different things. You just ain't, your harvest has nothing to do with the devil. The devil didn't steal God's harvest. Did, did God, did Jesus say, pray against the devil? As a matter of fact, he said, let, let, the, let the wheat and the tear grow together in the same place. Because when the harvester comes, the, the, he's going to throw out the harvest, because he already understands the process. Do y'all understand there's a process to harvesting? It's about timing and respecting the place and the space which God has created for you to see, receive the intents of his heart and to act out his plan for your life. We got to get some order to compute to this chaos. And it's going to be a restoration to honor and understanding the covenant, which we're going to go into in the next lesson. That's going to help us with that. But I needed to under, I needed you to understand in this lesson that the end game strategy has to do about authentically reclaiming or acknowledging the authentic source of sowing and reaping. That this is a service toward the saints, to preserving the word of God, so that the the ministry of the Lord Jesus can be effectual and made known to everybody. And we can't do this with money games. We can't do this with money games. Now, you want to talk about Paul, Paul, can this, Paul who brings forth the church to the Gentiles outside of Judaism, would establish the mentality in the, in the saints to make preparations prior to them operating on anything preserving and saving and seeing to it that they are that that they that throughout the community that they are aware of the economic status. And that when you when you when you when you go to serve the saints when the elders and the deacons are in place, they are to take note on what's going around them, to acknowledge the, the poor, the, 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 the sick, the widow, those who died and who who were obligated to protect because of covenant stipulation. We are covenant people. We are people of promise. We're not just we're not just doing this for the sake of we're not just we're not connecting our resources, connecting our commitment to serve one another uh, for for gain and lust. But we are committed to to serve the Lord through worship, worship sacrificially before God. We sacrifice our time, our talents, and our treasures. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, the excellency of the power of Christ within us. And then there's a seal of approval on God's plan, but it's a sign of our commitment to the covenant. So we do give. We are generous. Now you can't you can't give what you don't have. And God is not, you, you, you got to always find out God's plan for your life to get God's provision for your life. You can't escape the process. I said you can't escape the process. Seed, time, and, and harvest. But the harvest belongs to the Lord. The Lord of the harvest is at work. You can't be God and, and expect God's effect to work on your life if you God. I I noted and I told you in the beginning of the lesson 
that Jesus didn't pray that the disciples would be ready for the harvest, but that God would send forth laborers. Now, those laborers was obviously not the disciples. <laughs> but anyway, hallelujah, something to think about. Amen. And so we have this hope. We have this hope that God's plans for his harvest work because we have been awakened to hope through faith in his claims. And then we've acknowledged the authentic source of sowing and reaping. But also, we've aligned our hopes with his hope. Now, to look at the heart and to look at the illustrations of harvest indicate that we got to come into this oneness. We got to come to the straight and narrow. We got to be fixed on achieving God's plan. This is the way that consistency is challenged. This is where we begin to become more conscientious of what and why we're doing what we're doing. Amen. And so, this is how I learned it concerning all of this. We have hope. We have hope. We we are assured because we have proof behind prophecy. And we have revelation of God's plan. I know the plans that I have for you. And that's why, you know, I find myself and I hear anybody who authentically teaches on the harvest that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his He restores my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. He prepares a table before me in the presence of, of my enemy. He anoints my head. Cup with oil, he on my head, and he, my, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy. What is that? What is that ringing, ringing, echoing psalm or song? That song comes to our soul to let us know that while we're trying to figure it out, God has already worked it out. He worked it out. He worked it, and he worked it so we could rest in it, so we could rest in the, the awakening of his plan. Come on, yield little faith. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Faith only functions on finding out God's plan. It's our acting on what we believe that empowers us to function in the same grace that raised Jesus from the dead. But listen, if you don't have hope, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Why do we hope? We know the end game. We know the end game to the harvest, that God's work does not fail. It does not fail. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the promises that we have, the blessed assurance that we have, the foretaste of glory defined as heirs of salvation, which is purchased by yourself. We're born of your spirit and we're lost in your love. Hallelujah. This is our story. This is our song. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your blessed assurance. 
Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that we'll have a higher learning. In Jesus' name. Amen. I trust that whatever you set your hands to do, you'll do, because great is he that's within you than he that's within the world. I'm out of time, not out of content. Next week, we start a new series, a very brand new series on the honor code, and I'm going to get into this this teaching in a, a more advanced level. Amen. So we, we're going to go a little higher in the Holy Ghost. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful Lord's Day.